It's the best of the worst. B movie breakdown. It's the best of the worst. B movie breakdown. It's the best of the worst. B movie breakdown. It's the best of the worst. B movie breakdown. Hey yo, how many people came here tonight to listen to? WCW. Now, how many of you came here tonight to listen to the original Black and White Express Potty Mouths? Survey says another one for the good guys. I'm so thrown off by the Potty Mouths reference. Yeah, I just kind of threw that in there. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just got to throw it in there, sometimes as you... AJ used to say. Oh, is it talking about Kane's dick? <laughs> No, I, I meant um, oh. AJ that, that we know, not oh. the wrestler. <laughs> I thought you meant AJ the wrestler since we're talking about a wrestling movie this week. <laughs> oh, dear. That got all fucked up. <laughs> well, this is B-Movie Breakdown, episode number 25. Oh, if our podcast was a person, it'd be old enough to run for Congress. Boom! Maybe our podcast will run for Congress. Body Miles 2014. Yep, definitely. I could see Potty that. Miles, oh boy. Oh, yeah. Ah, B-movie breakdown. <laughs> oh, I am fucking up today. Did I say Potty Miles before? I said Potty Miles before. Fuck! Yeah, but did I say it when he said that? You said you were thrown by the reference, and I was wondering why, and now I know. <laughs> okay, well. <clears throat> <laughs> this is the B-movie breakdown, episode number 25. Pretend like I said B-movie breakdown is Razor Ramon. <laughs> Is that what you meant? Is that what you? Yes, meant to say? that's what I meant to say. We can do it over. Oh fuck no! It's funnier if we leave it in. <laughs> Just let people laugh at our fail and not understand uh, what's going on. I think they'll get it now. Now yeah. that we've explained it. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's why I was so thrown, thrown off. Well, you know what? This week we are getting ready to rumble. Hopefully, uh, you know what? I blame my- it on the butt fruit in my Slurpee. Hopefully, Michael Buffer doesn't sue us for saying Ready to Rumble multiple times on this podcast. But if you want to listen to us, you can subscribe on iTunes, uh, find our website, bnbpodcast.com, Twitter at bnbpodcast, email uh, is at gmail, and it's bnbpodcast, and same thing with Facebook. You know, send your suggestions and whatnot there. Uh, We recently had a tweet from somebody who said they were so glad we watched... uh, Steel Justice because it's now one of their new favorite movies. Oh, awesome! So <laughs> I can't. I I should have looked up the Twitter name beforehand, but I uh, I did not. But I remember seeing that tweet from that person. So thank you for that, and we're glad you enjoyed Steel Justice as much as we did. Uh, this week's movie, though, Ready to Rumble, uh, it had some has some funny moments, but it is. I almost wish I could have left it where I thought it was in my brain. <laughs> Me too, as a matter of fact. <laughs> you know, it, it's in a, it's in a, it was in a special spot in, in my heart, and now I think that spot is uh, tarnished. But, you know, it, it, whatever, it happens when you go back and watch some of these movies. I do remember seeing this movie when it came out in theaters. <laughs> uh, you know... I did not, uh, opening I saw it weekend. on the movie channels later. I, yeah, I saw it opening weekend, uh, movies, eight, Cinemark Movies 8, Opening weekend, <laughs> and I, you know what? At the time, I don't think I was even cared about WCW anymore. 
I hmm. think I was past the NWO was done. I yeah. was that's all really the, that's the only thing in WCW that really kept my attention because I was really mainly big on WWF and I, I mean uh, and it's obvious you think a lot of the wrestlers are even done with WCW at this point in time except for Disco Inferno <laughs> <laughs> with his awesome uh, cameo in the movie there were lots of wrestlers in the movie I mean you had Diamond Dallas Page he's like the main bad guy which I feel like okay this movie is not for people who don't like wrestling. No, definitely. If you don't not. like wrestling, it's not. I think that's what they're trying to do was make this comedy that like other people can relate to. But the thing is, at the time, WCW was on such a downfall, and WWF was still on the on a rise. I mean, it well, was by still... the time it came out, it was on the downfall. When by the time or when they first started making it, it was probably still kind of popular. Yeah, I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was popular, but I mean. Even 99, WWF, I think, was just beating them Oblivion on, in the ratings and everything else. Because uh, NWO was uh, their dying days. and uh, uh, Early 99, I think people are still into it. I think after they let the NWO die off at the end of the summer of 99 was when things went down. Because then they, they brought in Vince Russo and they... They made Jeff Jarrett champion, and but one and one. This is that's what I was getting to. One thing about how it's not really a movie for for if you're not a wrestling fan because they try to get the people who aren't wrestling fans by putting like David Arquette, Scott Kahn, and, and Oliver Platt as these leads, which I feel is as funny as I thought the Jimmy King character was when he was like a drunk and cross dressing insane person. You telling me the king's a queen? <laughs> but. I almost feel like why didn't they just have a wrestler? Yeah, yeah. Be the lead. I don't understand because that. It, it, this movie is clearly geared towards wrestling fans. So why have this? Let's fake... pump up this a non-existent wrestler. But that's what that's where I was telling you before. It gets confusing as to where it's almost like a movie within a movie thing. It's like they do a show, they like they do, but they show like the backstage stuff and whatever. But it's just odd how it's like WCW is on TV with stories and characters, but then these characters are in a movie in the same company, but not what's really going on on the real show you're led to believe in, like, the kayfabe storylines. Well, it'd be weird if, like, they, they actually, you know, plan this all out in advance and, like, to be continued in theaters near you. Yeah, but that, I think that would have been hilarious. Because it's, it's almost like recently... We I guess it would be cheaper than buying any of their pay-per-views, though. Yeah, yeah. Even if your ticket was ten bucks, that's still, like, you know, two-thirds cheaper than their typical pay-per-view yeah, back then. Yeah, it's, uh... It almost makes me think of Power Rangers. Like, recently we had done Turbo Power Rangers movie, and that was like a bridge between series. And what if that this movie could have been a bridge in storyline, and this was like the big pay-per-view event like thing it led up to? But, oh, but this movie, it really acts like the first Power Rangers movie. It takes these characters out of continuity, out of the storylines, and puts them into a separate alternate timeline. I think it would have been really hard to do this as a movie, because I think you'd need to have non-wrestling characters as the leads, and, like, what are you going to do? Work these these super fans played by actors that we know aren't yes! really super fans, yes! work them into the yes! show work like that. Yes, work them into storylines. I think they, that would have been brought, even more awful. They brought David Arquette in anyways as himself, so why not bring in just Gordy, the police officer character, as the, the, as the new sidekick to Goldberg or, or somebody, instead of this Jimmy the King, uh, you know, character that they had going. It's just it's just kind of weird. It, it just reminded me of like Power Rangers. How in they it's just like it's like a separate timeline. It's just that's how this movie feels. It's like 
This is, it's like Back to the Future almost. It's like, this is WCW, and this is alternate WCW. Like, instead of Bischoff, there was this Sinclair guy. It's funny to think about it that way. Like, oh, they got this Sinclair guy instead. And there was this Jimmy yeah, I don't know uh, who was absolutely the most popular wrestler in the world, which you can't cut a promo for the life of him. I mean, no, I mean it's, no. a, it's a movie, and the promo is terrible. Yeah. And then he raps. He raps King of Rock by Run DMC. And I <laughs> lost my mind because I did not remember that that was part of the movie. And everybody knows the words, and it's like his thing he does in the ring is does Run DMC. It's, uh, it, it's very yeah. weird and very frustrating. And it's, now that you mention it, I don't know why they didn't use Bischoff or even Vince Russo, but... I think at this point, Bischoff is out of the picture. I think he was pretty much... Yeah, uh, maybe, but... I'm reading here... I looked up some stuff about, cause about the transition. It says, um, Bischoff was eventually removed from control of the promotion on September 10th, 1999, after a failed push for the 1970s rock group Kiss through WCW shows and a storyline involving Ma- Master P and the No Limit Soldiers. What? Yes, Master oh, P. Oh, I remember. I... Uh, I wanted to see because the NWO was almost done. They only had like a few guys left in the original black and white. And then they got pissed at um, Brian Adams, formerly known as Crush in the WWF. They got pissed at him and gang beat him with like the gang of three of them that were left and kicked <laughs> him out. So then he ran off and he got in a limo that said kiss on it. Like what? Brian Adams is getting in the kiss limo. What does this mean? And then they ended up having the kiss demon who, I don't know the guy's yeah, name, who yeah, was yeah. the Kiss Demon. I remember but that. But that guy, I know he works with the Chicago White Sox now as an athletic trainer. Yeah. <laughs> he actually came out breathing fire and everything. Yeah. It was kind of cool. Yeah, that was the failed attempt they're talking about here, the, the push for the Kiss. and. Uh, it's and, funny and that then, they would fire him for that and not all the other terrible things that no happened, limit like Sol- Yeah, No Limit Soldiers, uh, they were feuding with the West Texas Rednecks at the time. If anybody remembers Kurt Henning and his group who hated rap. <laughs> rap is crap, son. And I, it just like it's just falling apart. And this was the transition from to from Bischoff to Vince Russo and an announced million dollar contest was later canceled, which apparently became a storyline in this movie. That's uh, weird. That that and carried a over. planned Nitro animated series was scrapped as well. Now that that should have happened. I really, really wish it would have happened. Especially if it would have because animation takes so long to produce, if they would have greenlit it back then and have it go on the air just as WCW got canceled and bought out by Vince. Yeah. It like, just, well, we already committed to air this, so but, and then, watch all these wrestlers you can't watch on TV anymore. And for people who aren't, you know, keen on wrestling and stuff like that, eh, I mean, some people might know who Eric Bischoff is, and he was basically the showrunner of WCW for a very long time, but then Vince Russo took over. A guy who was a writer for multiple companies and things like that. I guess his thing was that he was the brains behind the Attitude Era. That was his, like, angle on here. Uh, But, I I mean, they had some stupid ideas, like, such as pinata on a pole match between Mexican wrestlers. What? And they tried to revive the NWO storyline with Bret Hart and Jeff Jarrett at the helm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had a Jeff Ross parody character named Oklahoma. And they made fun of him for his Bell's palsy and things like that, which is pretty terrible. Oh, Jim Ross. He said Jeff Ross. That's I was like, like the comedian? <laughs> the guy said, from The Burn? Why would they make fun I of said him? Jeff Ross he wasn't groups. even popular back then. And I mean, even at the time, uh, they tried to push Chris Benoit really big, uh, having WCW Championship. 
It sold out in January 2000. However, Benoit was among a group of wrestlers who expressed their intent to leave the company prior to the show. He had handed the belt back right after winning it and signed it with WWF the very next day. <laughs> along with Perry Saturn, Eddie Guerrero, and Dean Malenko. The Radicals. Yeah, they became the Radicals. With a Z. Yeah, and, and, and I guess uh, a lot of really, really crazy things happened with uh, Booker T uh, and Stevie Ray with racism towards uh, uh, with Vince Russo. I guess he was had some racist gimmicks that he was trying to throw around, and he ended up getting sued. And I know he ended up having uh, them two try to act like The Rock as much as they could, and instead of calling people candy asses, he had Stevie Ray calling people fruit booties. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do remember that. I do remember that, and uh, that was his big thing. He'd just have none of it. We ain't having none of those fruit booties around here. They tried to do uh, a, 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 like a heel NWO recast as the New Blood, and the w- face of WCW embodied in the Millionaires Club. That was supposed to be two two groups. Okay, and, I don't uh, remember either of those. Yeah, that's what I mean. It was. I remember at the end when it was like it kind of sucked, but it kind of seemed like it might have started to get better. They had the Magnificent Seven. Who was, it was like Road Warrior Animal and like some other people that weren't as big or. And, um, yeah, you know, then they had a storyline of some mysterious assailant was going around backstage and taking them all out. And then they canceled it before I could find out who it was. <laughs> and I still want to know. Just like, I still want to know who killed Vince McMahon. <laughs> it was Rikishi. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I would be happy with that. He, well, I mean, he hit Stone Cold with a car. So, but yeah, there was just a lot of shit going on behind the scenes of actual WCW. That were just falling apart. I mean, they, they, uh, it, it was just a mess. They, Russo and actor David Arquette each won the WCW Heavyweight Championship at one point. Mm-hmm. Later, and they, uh, promote this movie. David Arquette became actual WCW champion. Uh, well, at that same time, they, or around that same time, they had Vince McMahon win the WWF title briefly from Triple H. So, I mean, they probably even just took that from WWF. Yeah, seriously. Uh, apparently Goldberg had turned heel at one point, but the execution was botched and uh, served to uh, be greatly diminished by his uh, drawing power, hmm. and he just didn't have it anymore. I know that they mentioned something, I don't know if it's on the NWO thing I have, where he goes to shatter a limo's window with his arm, and he and he didn't want to do it with a bat. He wanted to do it with his arm. He ended up breaking his arm was out and, like, for like months. Wow. Their biggest star. Yeah, like, yeah, I heard about that now yeah. that you mention it. Like, Jesus. But yeah, I mean, a lot of shit was going down in WSW when this movie came out. I mean, there's just a lot of behind-the-scenes things. Apparently, at, uh, they tried to um, do a shoot speech at Bash of the Beach 2000 aimed at Hogan, and uh, Hogan ended up resigning and filing the defamation of character lawsuit, uh, which he which, which eventually dismissed in 2002. But I don't know. They had they had some really terrible things going on, and it's obvious why they went down. I mean, if you watch those, la- I I wish when they had the rise and fall of e- of WCW DVD come out, it was long, and you could have really seen the demise of this this company that at one point was at the top and just completely. This movie is a sign of how this company was going down the toilet. It's just absolutely ridiculous. 
And and Jim and the Jimmy the King character, I think, is an awful character. I think it's an awful character. I don't mm-hmm. think I don't think anybody would not ever, appealing at all. I don't think anybody would actually like that character ever if he was no. in wrestling. I don't know if he would. He, I don't even know if a character like that would get the push to be heavyweight champion. No, definitely and, not. And I think that heavyweight title belt has such history behind it, and now WWE kind of shits on it a little bit. They kind of just it's the second belt, and not many people care about it as much. Yeah, it, has, it was different when they had the shows split. Yeah, exactly, it was. And it, But, I mean, to put David Arquette with that belt that has such a legacy in wrestling history. Well, at least they didn't give it to Chucky, although that was probably coming soon. <laughs> I think that would have been better than David Arquette. If they Arquette. still would have been around in 04 when Seed of Chucky came out, Chucky would have come on and won the title. <laughs> Maybe his son would have won the title. Oh, he would have he got a run-in from uh, Jennifer Tilly's doll character. <laughs> Oh jeez, but uh, yeah, I I just I, I don't the Jimmy the King character. I think it was terrible in this movie. He, I mean, they couldn't have wrote a better promo for him to cut in the beginning. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. It's it's a movie. Mm-hmm. Like they could have like had him do anything. It wasn't live on TV. You know no, what I mean? Definitely not. You know what I mean? It wasn't like a live thing where they had him go out and say this stuff and oh he messed up some stuff because it was on live TV. No, it was. Uh, and I don't even know if it was a sign of WCW falling. Is that were they having it at such small places at the time? At in their end, I thought they were still having it in pretty big arenas. No, no, they were. I remember um, in the, movie, the night they got bought out and Shane was there. They were at like an outdoor arena, yeah, Panama City or something like that. But just just for shooting purposes, it was probably easier to do it that way. Yeah, having it in such a small little place because when they go, it's in such a little tiny. Uh, Little tiny place. I and I mean there were moments of this movie I didn't enjoy. The fantasy sequence with Macho Man Randy Savage I thought was awesome. I mean he's barely in the movie. I wish I wish he could have been the 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 Jimmy the King character. Yeah. Like not Jimmy the King, but like they're going with Macho Man and yeah. they're trying to revive him. Just I mean based off Macho Man's insane promos of the past. Oh yeah. Whether it's <laughs> you know, the cream rises to the top or the beat goes on. This is your cup of coffee in the big time. Yeah. <laughs> Macho Man, what was that? Happened so fast you can't even talk about it. Can you just imagine Macho Man dressed up as a woman in an RV yelling at David Arquette and Scott Conn? You know what? I can't. I could, I could picture him uh, with gorgeous George Lane next to him, but he's in her clothes for some reason. And <laughs> When did this happen? Yeah, I did like that scene with Macho Man. Who was that woman who was with him? I, like I said, I wasn't big on WCW at the time. I only briefly glimpsed her. It wasn't Gorgeous George because she was the prettiest one. He had three hoes at the time. It was uh, There was a beauty contestant who wasn't really a wrestler. He named her Miss Madness. It wasn't her either. One was so torn. I assume it was Medusa. What? It was M-A-D-U-S-A. All right. But she was kind of not pretty, and I don't think that, that chick behind him was Because I know Tori Wilson so. was one of his huh. like things. I watched a video on YouTube a while back. Where he runs in the back, and Tori Wilson and a couple of his other girls are back there. And this was around this time when this movie came out, and he actually slapped Tori Wilson in the face, like really fucking hard. Whoa! I don't think he was supposed to like do it so hard. Or that wouldn't surprise me. He seemed like he was about to legitimately like start beating on Elizabeth in one of those promos, <laughs> and Mean Gene had to, you know, stop it. Uh, yeah, though in this, in the outtakes for this movie, in the end, he gets punched in the face for real uh, by Oliver Platt. Punches him in the face. It was, it was uh, one of the outtakes at the end of this movie. But, I don't know. This movie is it, it, it lived in my mind a certain way, 
Uh, there's not much wrestling in this movie for no. a, a big movie about wrestling. Uh, I guess, I mean, is that, that could be true to nowadays wrestling. You go, you turn on Monday Night Raw, oh, yeah. there's not a lot of wrestling. There's a lot of talking, so I guess... Talking and replaying footage of wrestling that didn't really happen, and yeah. Yeah, who knows? I, I don't I WWF don't know. has become WCW with their three-hour runtime with nothing to fill it with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nitro was three hours when this movie... I mean, forever it was three hours. But... Uh, uh, it's amazing how they got some of these people to be in this movie, even. Uh, like, Oliver Platt, I feel, is an actor at the time who was not doing something like this. Uh, Joe Pantaleone, he's in The Matrix, and he's in a ton of great movies. He's a great actor. He, he And him to, him to be the main bad guy in this movie, really weird. I lo- I'd like to inter- like talk to some of these people and ask them about what they thought when they were making this fucking movie, because it's just ridiculous. I really do need to listen to the commentary on here and see if that provides any insight. But after <laughs> after seeing the movie, I wasn't too pumped to watch it again <laughs> but, for the uh, first time. I wonder how different this movie would have been if it would have been a WWF movie. Well, I don't know. I think they were too smart to do a movie. Well, look at some of the movies they put out. Well, I mean, now, but I mean, like, a movie about wrestling and it's a comedy. I feel like they're, at the time, they think they were, it was too big, they were, and they were too smart at the, at the time when they added Twitter. And I think this was a last, this was a last ditch effort by WCW. Trying to pull in ratings, yeah. to pull in people. It was it. Re- it really feels like a last ditch effort. Like you know, not long after this, they got bought out. They went under. It really. I mean, it, there were and like I said, there were funny moments with David Arquette, Scott Kahn, and his small head. <laughs> yes, if you <laughs> they shoot it so well that you don't notice it most of the time. But on the DVD, there's an extra. I think it's called um, No Holds Barred, and it's got him and David Arquette sitting in. Um, chairs next to each other talking and you really notice it like i i was just freaking out i felt like i was high or on something just like oh my god it's like it's <laughs> it's like a video trick they did or something but it looks so real <laughs> his head is so tiny and uh you know what i thought was weird about this movie one character the dad when he frisked scott Kahn's character sean why did he grab his nuts because he's a creep, and that's what creeps do. Yeah, he was frisking him. He's got that position of authority just so he could, like, basically, you know, kind of rape people and get away with it. Yeah, because he goes and frisks him, and he's, like, patting him down, and he's, like, purposely, specifically, like, gr- touches his nuts, and he goes, what's this? And he <laughs> goes, well, those are my nuts, sir. And it was just, like, really weird. And then the, uh... He's the he's your typical wrestling is fake character. Oh yeah. Like, don't don't be doing any of this other pussy shit. You're gonna become a cop even though you're an adult and I have no real ability to make you do it other than you still live in my house, but you know. Like, oh yeah, your mom and sister loved it. Oh, did you hear your sister shot her first perp today? Yep, right in the butt cheek. <laughs> yeah, there's something to be proud of. You know what uh what was the there was some weird character development and it never really happened with those girls uh, they worked at the taco place oh it kind of did it kind of paid off at the end a little bit but it wasn't much after that yeah well <laughs> I, like i thought like why didn't she go with them yeah and like be part of their group or something and like 
why wasn't that more developed? And like, it was here. It was like this small little side story. Well, realistically, she just jumped in the the RV to have sex with Sean, and then you know, well, well, we're taking off to help Jimmy win his thing now. Like, she comes from a small town, works in a shitty fast food place. She probably needs to keep her job. What but I she thought, doesn't know if they're going to end up winning and making the money. You know, what I thought was a Taco Bell, but apparently they had burgers there too. So yeah, tacos and burgers in the same place because that happens. <laughs> Except for Hardee's, I guess, when they're mixed with a red burrito down in Bloomington Normal. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know, it, 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 this movie made me think, these characters of, of Gordy and Sean, these absolutely obsessed wrestling fans, who, who believe that every storyline aspect is absolutely real, well, in this case, was, that's where it mixes these weird lines of wrestling in this movie, as to where I, I do know backstage and anything like this uh bullshit goes down when you're producing a show like this and backstage bullshit does go down at this scale i don't think it ever, it happens no. ever at this scale but there are people double crossing people and whatnot like that i'm sure going behind those backs like they know better than to do it out in the open like that like even when you were telling me about how um ultimate warrior was demanding some obscene raise and vince said oh yeah sure go out and do the match, have him lose the title. No, fuck you, you're fired, you know? Yeah. But, like, it, that didn't play out on screen. No, and they and they don't really take too much real-life stuff and put it on the screen too often. Uh, recently, the Paul Bearer thing, I guess, is a real-life thing, and uh, another one I can think of that worked in their favor was the Edge-Lita-Matt Hardy thing. Yeah, because yeah. Because that was a real backstage thing, it was real bullshit, it was real awkwardness, and they're like, hey, we're gonna write a story around this. And it worked in their favor, but I thought that I just think that's hilarious to to take people's real life problems and uh, I just think it's hilarious <laughs> project them onto the onto the TV. Your girlfriend cheated on you, and now she left you. Oh yeah, let's let's tell everybody about that. <laughs> hilarious. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just it's just weird for them to to do this kind of stuff. Uh, like have it be so overly crazy and make it seem like this was go this was the how WCW was I'm not really sure I was I did like to see in this movie the a maskless Rey Mysterio he was in the opening match when they go to Nitro oh. he was in the overalls with the camo on oh okay yeah Matt, I don't know who that one guy was what one he guy? was prominently in the ring a lot Prince something Prince Iakea. Yeah, I he was remember. some kind of a uh, Pacific Islander. I don't know what his specific nationality was, but he was always a mid Carter in WCW. I don't even remember him at all. There was him. I saw the list of cast at the end. There was another guy I couldn't pick out. Apparently, his name was Van Hammer. Oh yeah, Van Hammer was a. He was part of Raven's Flock for oh, a long time. Oh yeah, okay. And uh, he kind of got a bigger push towards the end of WCW. I think. Uh, you know what? And I then I didn't like too is the choice of their. Lead Nitro Girl being uh, somebody that doesn't exist. Well, someone, somebody doesn't exist. Sasha, the fake Nitro Girl, Sa played by Rose McGowan. Sasha, why did why couldn't they have Kimberly on there? Pages in the movie, you'd think he'd want to have his wife in the movie too. Well, I don't even mean necessarily that it's a fake person. I just Rose McGowan just yeah no just doesn't do it for me. And and all those other girls were way hotter than she was. Oh yeah. So like for having the main character Gordy be obsessed with Sasha. And and her her apartment was very weird. Oh, Pictures yeah. of herself everywhere. 
Can we I'm... say narcissist boys and girls? <laughs> She's got like the the full like Andy Warhol thing of like the four different panels of her, but they're not different colors, and like these cartoon versions of her on her wall. And um, oh man, I. I'd, I did love, though, that she grew up in Cody, Wyoming. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the main character... Or maybe Cody, Wyoming grew up in her. Oh! <laughs> maybe, uh, but the the main characters were from Wyoming. I know. I well, know. I'm just saying... Maybe that that's why. They were from, like, Cheyenne or Lusk. 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 Sorry, they went to Cheyenne to see Nitro. That sounds like it would be, like, one of those ridiculous yuppie perfumes, you know, like, lust, but with the, the K on the end, so it's like musk. It's musk that makes you feel lust. It's lusk. Lusk from Calvin Klein. Feel my lusk. Feel it. Ah. Oh. Lusk from WCW. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see Vince Russo do a terrible, terribly delivered ad for this. You know what I like to do when I'm on a night of the town? <laughs> I just did two lines of lust right now. Melting my brain already. Oh yeah. Oh, Disco Inferno is champion for two years. Oh. I couldn't stop laughing that Disco Inferno was even in this movie. He had no lines or anything, thank God. But he uh, just the fact that the character Disco Inferno was in this movie really uh, cracked me up. You know what? And uh, you know what else cracked me up? That this whole town. Well, that's why I mean this is an alternate world because this is a world where WWF does not exist. Oh yeah, because the entire town of Lusk, Wyoming, loved WCW. If the fucking, entire fucking loved, and if the entire town loved it, why did his parents or his dad object so vehemently? No, fuck that fake pussy ass shit. The entire town loves it, but I hate it. Brr. <laughs> Yeah, and this is definitely, that's what I mean. It's all definitely- It'd be different if it was like a fringe thing there, you know, like, you know, it probably is in a lot of areas, but no, the whole town loves it except this fucking hater. Maybe that was their way of saying that the dad is Vince McMahon, he's WWF, he's the bad guy. Well, if anything, evil. I got like an over-the-top big boss man vibe from him, <laughs> you know? Why weren't all the characters just played by wrestlers? <laughs> that would have been, that would have been nice. Have China be his mom or something? <laughs> hey, sweetie, have a good day at work today. Well, if, if if this had been a pump in the chemical, if this toilets. had been made by WWF, the old woman who was their like May Young, yeah, May Young could have played the old woman. Get me a really tight T-shirt, Sonny. <laughs> kick that toothless crack whore's ass, <laughs> or kick his ass like a toothless crack whore is what she said. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that old lady had some. And pop in the yeah there was early, there was good the stuff in 90s. here it was either just underused or other things were brought up that shouldn't have been because they didn't pay off so much and and uh, and I also love that Mike Tanay and Tony Schiavone gets him on on screen time in an actual well just briefly movie. though I thought it was gonna be all Mike Tanay and Tony Schiavone was just sitting there smiling but he, he had, mostly was he, he had a couple lines but uh, let's see when Jimmy King comes out what does he say it was um hang on let me find it here. Well, oh, wrong page, wrong page. Okay, here we go. When Jimmy King comes out and he's doing his old his whole spiel, like, look at this with all the majesty and flair befitting a true king. What? <laughs> what the fuck? And, and I understand because Jimmy the King, they uh, the pay per view at the end, but what a terrible name for a pay per view. And I think that just that just goes to show a lot of WCW, especially towards the end, they tried to mix up their pay-per-view names and stuff like that, but Royal Bash? 
<laughs> like, and I remember it even Bash like, at the Beach. And it even looked like the Royal Rumble symbol almost. Yeah. It looked like Royal Rumble mixed with King of the Ring. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not even their thing, but... If they wanted to be at a big thing, why couldn't it have happened at Starcade, which is their biggest thing? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Maybe they weren't even doing Starcade at the time because I know there was a New Blood Rising pay per view because that was when they were trying to get that New Blood group going. And, oh, and they even had their last pay per view ever was called Greed. <laughs> oh, and, great! No, I remember Steiner that. I remember that. Champion. Yeah, because uh, uh, they were doing it, and they I think they'd used that name before because they had like Bischoff, just like you know what I love the most is Greed, and like throwing money up in the air and shit like that. The uh, oh, what I was gonna say before. The characters of Gordy and Sean, these two intense, insane wrestling fans, remind me of that guy in that YouTube video where he's crying and he's like, it's still real to me, damn it. I don't know if you've ever seen the video. No. I'll just show you afterwards. Uh, they had him on Tosh.0. Dude, they did a web redemption for him on Tosh.0. And it's this guy and it's like Jim Cornette and a few other people. And it's like this wrestling Q&A in like a gym somewhere. Mm -hmm. And this guy, he's like, oh, I just want to say thank you for all the memories. And he starts tearing up and crying. And he's just like, it's still real to me, damn it. And that video, like these characters reminded me of that. Like that they're that invested mm -hmm. to where they, this is fucking real life. This might as well be. You know, the NFL or something else where it's real people. It's not, you know, nothing's written. There's no writers. It's all just this is actually happening. Yeah. And that like the thing I don't get is like they're such slackers. Like the only thing they can do is like the thing that fell into their lap of, oh, my dad left me his um <laughs> his truck. Yeah. His shit truck business or I, I pump porta potties all day. And that's what we do. Like, I get if you don't want to be a cop, that's fine. But, like, oh, this is the only thing we have in our lives. And so they, they latch onto this Jimmy King guy. And even when they find out, you know, what a scumbag he is, they're like, you can't be phony if we believe in you. What? <laughs> well, what would King do? Uh, they made their sweet Jesus bracelets, you know? Oh, wicked. What would King do? <laughs> wicked. I remember when this movie came out, I thought that was hilarious. The Wicked line. I remember thinking uh, that was absolutely hilarious. Well, we were all a lot dumber back then. <laughs> I did I did love the uh, the four-post massacre. <laughs> uh, Nobody can survive the four-post massacre. Really? Just like four headbutts? Really? Like, they probably don't even hit that well. I'm sure it's totally survivable, you know. Maybe, it's not like they did the Mick Foley thing where they send him crashing through the top of hell in the cell and do a bed of tacks. Oh, no, it's okay. They just sent Diamond Dallas Page. Yeah, through three cages, which probably could have killed him. They're just like, derp, bad guy falls down. Dur -dur -dur. He totally would have died. I know. And the thing is, it's not supposed, it is a movie, but it's a it's supposed to be portraying somewhat realistic, like real life things. No, he just bleeds a little bit on the face and that's all that happens. Yeah, he totally would have been dead. Falling that high off of the fucking Corey, It's like cartoons, you know? You get stuck with a stick of dynamite, it blows up, you just turn all black, blink a couple times, maybe your beak ends up on the opposite side of your head. You know, in wrestling here, in the, the wrestling movie, you get thrown through three cages and drop, you know, God knows how many feet, like maybe even like a, a story or two, and, uh, you know, a couple cuts on your face, and that's it. Yeah, well, you know. get up and live to villain another day, or live to heal another day. Yeah, shit, shit happens. So, uh, uh, but the characters are they're very stalker like. 
Oh yeah. I mean, very. this movie when you when you really look at it, it's like these two stalkers that basically go on a road trip to find this fucking dude that they're just absolutely obsessed with. Nothing like validating people's unhealthy obsessions. <laughs> yeah, seriously. America's next top stalker. I starring did, Gordy and Sean. I did think it was funny when they were picked up by the nuns and they were singing Running with the Devil. I thought that part was humorous. Well, I liked it at the end where they were just like, swear to God, I didn't fart. Swear to God, I didn't either. Oh my God. Those are like the nastiest, fartingest nuns ever. Like that? Really? That's your whole joke? Like, <laughs> he should have just nuns? went out on the Running with the Devil thing. Yeah, see, like, yeah, that would have been The farting right. nuns? Oh my God. Maybe they, they could have given him, like, a spinoff thing. They should have did, like, <laughs> coming this fall on TNT, the farting nuns, but, like, they'll fly like the flying nun, but their farts <laughs> propel them. <laughs> they get I've got to get the soup to the orphans! <laughs> Would they have Sally Field have a cameo on there? There we go, see? There we go. Uh, I mean, they got Martin Landau and Joe Pantoliano. Why can't they get her? <laughs> yeah, Martin Landau? How the fuck did they get him in this movie? I feel like he... I don't know. I just feel like he's not the type of person at his age that where he was needing to to be in movies like this. Or I'm sure he was cranky. <laughs> I remember actually when Mission Impossible came out, he was very livid about it and like, oh, it'll never be as good as my blah, blah blah blah. Like he was so like livid about that, and I don't know. It was very very weird for him to play the Stu Hart character. That's all it was. That character was Stu Hart. Hmm. <laughs> That's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. The heart dungeon. Yeah. It had like that. It was just. Yeah, was, I remember hearing the screams and like, yep, it's the dungeon. It's just it's too hard all over the place. I do love how they made it from Wyoming to Atlanta. What seemed to be like a day or two. Oh yeah. Not even. Uh, you know, drive straight through. No snow sleep with these nuns. Um, oh, you know what? I love that they couldn't even be bothered for being the super fans that they were to get the show's name right. We got tickets for Monday Night Nitro. It's Monday Nitro. WCW Monday Nitro. No, it's Monday Night Nitro. <laughs> Maybe they couldn't say Monday it's Night It's WWF Raw. Raw is war, Corey. <laughs> it's the war zone. The Raw zone. The, the Raw is war zone. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, that video game that the Shermanator was playing... At the gas station. Oh, that was so shitty. <laughs> One of the worst video games I've ever seen in my life. I mean, it looked ju- it looked worse than the Acclaim WWF games that were out for N64 and PlayStation, Attitude <laughs> and Warzone. Those are some pretty awful games, and this looked way fucking worse. Uh, and I loved I I I liked that character. The, the yeah, I wish he would have been in Shermanator from American Pie, and he was the and he's in the movie Angus. He was his br- buddy in the movie Angus. But mainly, you know that guy from the Sh- being the Shermanator in the American Pie movies. I love that character. I thought it was hilarious. I thought his dad was hilarious that you didn't see, but puking was for pussies. Yeah. Apparently. Talking on the phone yeah. was for pussies. Get off the phone, fucking pussy. Action figures were for pussies. Everything was for pussies. I did love the website he went to to find uh, Jimmy the King, Hacker Planet. <laughs> yeah because this this is before even google rose to the the prominence that it's in now so they just yep it's just a one-stop hacker stalker hub for everything yep just, oh a few clicks and oh guess what i know that jimmy king got a speeding ticket in such and such county like wow that is all kinds of creepy <laughs> but you know i love i love some of the fuck-ups that happen in this movie the convenience store they're at at the beginning when they're telling the story Ahmed Zappa. yeah the sign the, uh... says the neon sign outside says 
shop and stop, not stop and shop like would have made sense. But then when Zappa comes out on his vest, it says stop and shop. Like they couldn't even get that right. <laughs> and then if you notice the back of the, the poop truck right before they crash it, says, uh, call us, 307-PUMP-4-U. That's only six digits. <laughs> you don't have a real phone number. <laughs> and uh, you're talking about goofs. I also did notice when in the first matchup, when they go, when Jimmy the King go almost, he's going to get thrown through the table outside the ring. The table's completely empty with nothing on it. And then as he goes through it, it's full of notebooks and pop. And pencils, and it's like it's a table full of shit. Mm-hmm. But but the entire match, there's nothing on the table, right? Up until literally the second before he hits the table, it is. Uh, and then they act like it's something they haven't seen before, and they're calling the match. He broke the table. Oh my goodness! <sighs> and when I'm reading on IMDb, and during the cage match, uh, when with Diamond Dallas Page at the end, uh, it should. Uh, Jimmy the King's name is on the belt. <laughs> so that one makes sense because he hadn't won it yet. Right. That oh that, uh. <laughs> And then uh it says when he when Jimmy the King pulls down the Venetian blind slats in his mobile home, he's using his left hand and right hands in alternate shots. Yeah, it's a little picky. <laughs> and then it says the championship belt used in the movie is a silver in color. With small areas in gold, the real WWE yeah. belt that looks the same is designed all in gold. I don't know why they couldn't just use the real belt. <laughs> all they had to do is switch out the little plaque that goes on there. It's not much. And, yeah, and, and then they just put the king, not Jimmy the king. And you were saying about the fight in the convenience store, uh, you can see differences in shades of coloring between the ring mat built into the ground and the real floor. It changes colors multiple times. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck is going on during the making of this movie, but... Uh, who knows? Oh. Also, uh, you're, we're talking about little cameos from wrestling people we we enjoy. Uh, Charles Robinson. Yeah, he also. was he was like the only referee in the movie, I believe. <laughs> and like, it's funny because at the time when I first noticed him, he was refereeing the big match they had at um, what was it Bash at the Beach or something, where the Bulls just came off of their last championship win, and so they had um, Rodman. Rodman had joined the NWO like a year prior, and he teamed with Hogan to take on. Diamond Dallas Page and Carl Malone, and like that—that that whole match was so shitty. Like everybody wanted to see Rodman and Malone go at it, and it never happened, of course. And um, you know, people got fucked at the end because of you know shitty officiating by Charles Robinson and a run-in by the guy that would turn out to be the disciple. Yeah, later Brutus of OWN Bar- fame, Brutus but- uh, Barber Beefcake, who was the disciple. Yeah, but um, anyway, like after that, like any time I saw him in WCW for, like, the next year or so. Like, anytime he was involved in a match, like, oh, somebody's getting fucked, and it always came out. <laughs> so I saw the Jimmy King thing, and, like, oh, yeah, he's getting fucked out of the title. And, like, I don't know why they let that slide, because they didn't say it was, like, a no-disqualification match. Like, all these people are running yeah. in from nowhere. Nut shots left and right, yeah, chairs and everything else. Like, why isn't he disqualifying I, I wish Psycho anybody? Sid could have had some more lines in this movie, just because he's absolutely just awful on the mic and everything else he's ever done, so... <laughs> Sid, you know, Bam Bam, Juventud Guerrero, Van Dam, or Van Hammer, uh, Prince Iakea, Conan, mm-hmm. Kurt Henning, Perry Saturn, a whole slew of people in this movie. Billy, Billy Kidman, Kidman, Booker yeah. T. Booker T. Disco Bo- Inferno, Goldberg, of course. Sting, who I thought would have had a more prominent role in the movie since he was such a huge 
character, yeah. you know, but, you know, whatever. He probably didn't want to have anything to do with it. By that point, they'd actually had him, like, be more energetic and friendly instead of being all, like, creepy and goth and all that. But then I think they they only made him change his character because of the Columbine thing and say, you can't wear the trench coat anymore. It's your fault kids killed people wearing trench coats or some <laughs> stupid shit like that. The, uh, I did the, the King's Wife, that was pretty funny, the scene with Caroline. Oh, yeah. All I got to remember him by is an itchy crotch. Ever see crabs up close? Want to? Want to? Yeah. (laughs) And then he's like, well, can you give us some names of his associates? Louise. Who is Louise? She's She's a a whore. She's a whore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, scumbags and whores, that's great. (laughs) And his son, holy shit. I hope his diddly turns black and falls in the crap. His son was uh, had some interesting teeth going on there. Oh my god, look at the grill on that boy. <laughs> oh, sorry, son. <laughs> His own parents hate him. That was that scene was kind of funny too. Where they're trying yeah. to where they're trying to explain about the official biography. Mm. Yeah, after you died in a plane crash, it said he did he and fin- he worked then he worked two jobs to support you while wrestling. <laughs> And they're just like, uh, oh, well, we still don't somehow don't realize this is bullshit when, you know, standing here face to face with you. <laughs> and, uh, and then they tell him later on, guess what? Your parents aren't dead anymore. <laughs> I thought they were going to be sarcastic. But now that you say it, it makes it seem like they weren't being sarcastic. I, I just felt like they got to realize that it was bullshit. But I don't know. But you know what I, I really loved was after they sneaked Jimmy King in for his illegal, not under contract Which attack. Which totally would have gotten somebody DDP. arrested oh, in yeah. real life. Oh, even yeah. Gordy and Sean would have been arrested on site. Like, as soon as they do that, even though everybody knew that Jimmy King was a scumbag in real life, like, he's back, party at his trailer, and so everybody just, the Nitro girls and everybody shows up there, they get all this alcohol from nowhere and start Booker getting drunk T, as shit. Disco Inferno, yep. partying. And Mean Gene's there, drunk off his ass and asking somebody all, like, you know, weepy drunk like do people think i'm sexy no he asked jimmy king and he goes uh he goes do you think i'm sexy and jimmy king goes oh yeah i think you're sexy (laughs) i was like mean gene what i can't believe that they had mean gene do anything like this it almost reminded me well it wasn't much longer they had him uh supposedly getting with either moolah or may young (laughs) i do i do uh it made me think of in basketball, when Bob Costas is the one of the announcers, and he goes, "You're excited. Feel these nipples." Yes. Like, they get these people who you would never expect to say some of this shit to say. Oh, another thing. Uh, I, I mean, we were talking about Jimmy the King in the RV. I don't. I really ever understood why he was dressed as a woman. He said he's hiding out from some people, but I think he just had a weird cross-dressing uh, fetish. Probably. But his finisher, shitty. Oh, yeah. Double axe the handle? Crown. Double axe handle. Crown him, King. What a shitty finisher. Like, they couldn't have done that. And, like, apparently his stunt double was Chris Canyon, which Chris Canyon wasn't a fat guy, so I don't really. I don't know. They put they, a fat suit on him or something? I yeah, they must have padded his thing or something. And Shaw. Maybe they put a, They gave him the loaded chest protector that D Lo Brown had <laughs> back in 98. And uh, Shane Helms was apparently uh, David Arquette's. Uh, stunt double a hurricane. Movie. Yep, Hurricane Shane Helmsley. So yeah, you know uh, Chris Canyon. Uh, I don't know. Is he? Did he die? 
Not that I know of, but then I, know. I don't know. He I haven't can't. looked. I, know he I had somebody insisting to me years ago that Psycho Sid had died, but he's still no, he's alive. still around. I think Chris Kenyon might have died. I know. I think he wrote like some sort of book or something like Life is a Gay Wrestler or something. He, huh. he ended up coming out that he was gay. Huh. And uh, apparently there was a lot of shit. He got a lot of shit backstage. And oh, that stuff. sucks. I don't really know. I, don't I remember really... when um, DDP put out his book, you know, Positively Page, and then they had him, his character, get mad and jealous of him and his success, and so he, he dressed up as DDP and came out and called himself Positively Canyon. Yeah, that was uh, WWF days, right? Once the once they made the jump? No, no, that was before. Cause really? Foley's book came out, and then Page's book came out, tried to piggyback mm-hmm. off of that. It was still WCW, but like I saw that, but I didn't know that Page had a book out. I saw him come out like, oh, it's DDP. No, Positively Canyon. What the fuck? You know what? And you know what else they did in this movie a lot? They played the song My Own Worst Enemy by Lit about 500 times. Hmm. I didn't notice it. It played like at least four or five different times. I was just like, oh my god, they really love... Somebody really loved this song while making this movie. And uh, I love when they go to the arena in New York. They they don't go to Madison Square Garden. They don't go to like any sort of other like place in New York. They go to New York Arena. (laughs) That's what the place... I didn't notice that. That's awesome. They were able to go to MGM show, or at least show MGM Grand and all this other stuff. They couldn't have shown the outside of Madison Square Garden, or or was that? I know at the when they both companies were around, they had deals with certain places because like WWF would always be at Allstate Arena, and WCW would always be at United Center when it would come to Chicago. So maybe WWF had the deal with Madison Square Garden. I don't know where they went in New York when they came to town. WCW, when but I don't think there's an arena called New York Arena. I mean that's it just. Looked, I doubt it. It looked like a very generic sign. But I love how Gordy and Sean were able to just walk around all backstage willy-nilly just because they had uniforms on. Mm-hmm. From thing. They're like creeping on the Nitro girls. And they keep saying naked. Yeah. Oh my god, they're naked when they're obviously just in like bra and panties. They're naked! They're so naked! It's like, like it's like literally like two minutes of them saying naked. You know, I guess since, you know, this is still only 2000, they didn't have, you know, like high-speed internet, They it's conceivable that they've never seen internet porn and Thus, have never seen a naked woman before, <laughs> but you know. But uh, oh, David Arquette, I guess that would just you know go along with how clueless he was when Sasha's trying to seduce him. Let's have a let's have a match, and like he fucking slams her, and like no, like let's let's go in the bedroom. Oh, a bedroom match! Then she takes off her top. He sees her boobs. He goes foreign objects, and seems like he starts hitting her again. Like somehow, eventually, like he eventually got it in, and they had. Yeah, sex. I just assumed he just beat the shit out of her all night. <laughs> I just didn't really understand that. You know what else was was right, right before that that was really, really terrible was that Jimmy King song that they made up. Oh, yeah. Jimmy King is the best wrestler. Nobody can wrestler. <laughs> it was like the worst fucking song. The worst thing like anybody could have it ever It might have been for. better if they got Adam Sandler to do it. But, you know, they were obviously not looking for, you know, to do something good here. Yeah, oh, no. I mean, even when he went to go on the date with Sasha, he goes to her house and they make some Spanish jokes. And, uh, buenos nachos. And like, he's like, oh, I didn't know you speak Spanish. Yeah, I took it in high school a bunch of times. Like, are, are you fluent? No, I'm fine. <laughs> and he brings her bananas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the floral shop was closed, so I got you a, a bouquet of these. She told me they're just as good. Like, oh. And then immediately they're dating and he already has a nickname for her, Boopy. Yeah, boopy. (laughs) 
Oh, man. He's like, Boopy says, thinks we shouldn't do this. Boopy thinks this. Uh, and, you know, there's that scene where they go to the gym to talk to Bill Goldberg. Apparently, I read this online beforehand, and I did notice him on the machine across from Goldberg, and he was right over, right next to, like, David Arquette's shoulder, was John Cena. Huh. On uh, one of the machines. It's him. He had like a blonde mohawk looking thing going on. Uh, just an extra in the movie. I got... Uh, I'm going to have to rewatch that now. But uh, I I thought the, the scene where they attack Sal Bandini, uh, Martin Landau's character, was pretty pretty outrageous. With oh, Sal yeah. Sid Psycho and, Sid and Saturn yeah, break into his but apartment. That's what I mean, though. Like, this would never happen in real... Like, right. they're trying to portray WCW. That's where the lines get so blurred. Where it's like, are you trying to make WCW be WCW, or are you trying to make it this even more... You're taking a, f- a company that has fictional storylines and make it even more fictional. Like, it's it, it, the lines get really blurred. Like, he, like, that'd be like if Eric Bischoff sent out Psycho Sid and Perry Saturn to actually go beat up somebody in real life. I know, but, like, considering, like, all the outside shit that they would have happen, like... Even WWF, you know, like, supposedly Carlito stabbed John Cena in a club years ago, or Booker T went out to, to collect um, soil from some cursed gravesite to use against The Undertaker in their upcoming <laughs> match, you know? Yeah, but that, that stuff's just hilarious, though. They probably weren't working that into the TV show, into Nitro. You know, when, when DDP debuted in WWF, he was as The Undertaker's yeah, stalker. stalker. Yeah, But, I mean, I don't think... But the way they make it seem like, oh, okay, this isn't part of the storyline. This is him having Psycho Sid and Saturn go out and beat up this old man. You know, they didn't say that it was part of the storyline or that they were right. using it on TV. That's the part I'm talking about. Like, if they use that on TV, hilarious, you know what I mean? Yeah. But if it's part of the work, if it's, you know, if it's all just one, one big work, that's fine. But it's not. They He just, oh, I'm going to have my two wrestler guys go out and beat some old man up. I don't know what to tell you, Corey. They're just uh, different mediums, movies and wrestling. <laughs> oh, when they have the tryouts for the partner. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, they geez. go through all these stupid people. Like, well, considering they're only hitting up, you know, this small town, I guess they're not going to have too much that's good. But, like, we're, we're Satan's Siamese twins. Like, yeah, that's going to work. Oh, here's Fred the... F- or Fireman Fred. I will hose you and the chewer. With a big old gap, and in they his front choose teeth. him, yeah, and then pretty kitty, some just yeah, and then she comes out and like, oh, I want to be your, you know, one of your crew, like, oh yeah, what you got, and like she takes off her coat and she's in a skimpy little thing, and then like an asshole, he just goes, oh, what's she gonna do, boob him to death? Oh, you don't want a hot valet? Okay, fuck you too, buddy. Yeah, you're just some fat slob with like some trailer trash wife. Like, oh, you don't want this hot hot broad being your, you know, uh, girl that goes to the ring with you and shit? Come on. Hot babes? Fuck you, you dumb beaver. And why did we have to have an ass shot of Sean, or, uh, oh, or yeah. Sean, but Scott Kahn? Why do we, we already have to deal with his small head. Why do we have to, <laughs> why do we have to deal with a, a shot of his ass? Yeah, and, like, not just a flash, either. They cut back an old longer scene of him running to get in the RV. Like, why would Jimmy take off without him when he knows he needs him now? And, uh... and then and then when they go to the Royal Bash, there's that scene with Sinclair and Sting in the back. And that's not being filmed. There's no camera people around. Right. So that's what I mean. It's, like, it's blurring the lines of, like, they're taking, the like, the kayfabe storyline and putting it into real life. So, like, oh, okay, we're that'd be, like, right now, you have... Like, Brock Lesnar and Triple H going at it, okay? And that's the storyline, okay? So then, in real life, 
Paul Heyman's backstage talking to, like, Brad Maddox or something and telling him to go beat the fuck up, beat Triple H up back when he's going to take a shit in the bathroom, and none of it's ever going to be filmed. We're just, we're, we just can't distinguish real life and, you know, wrestling. We just have, and we're just blurring the lines at this point. I know, it's weird, and I, I also didn't like it because I thought, like, you know, Sting's not a bad guy. He wouldn't do that, but then, you know, he comes through in the end. And he was like, you know, the hero sting like he usually had been. So like, he was okay. more like the anti-hero because he ended up punching well, Sean I know, and but, Gordy in the face. But they asked for it. Well, Gordy did. Well, you know, Sean wasn't even a wrestler, so like, get your yeah. Why wasn't he a wrestler? Your ugly red suit out of here. Why was he just a manager? I thought he wanted to be a wrestler too. Your head must be this big to be a wrestler. He <laughs> didn't make the cut. I feel like this whole movie was built to just a debut. A new match type. Oh, the triple cage? Yeah. I thought they, they had used that on it, the show before. Nope, they used it two times after huh. the movie came out. Okay. And one of them featured David Arquette. Oh, Jesus. It was David Arquette, Diamond Dallas Page, and Jeff Jarrett. So I saw it one time, I was like, oh, they're doing a triple cage? Now I feel kind of bad I haven't been no, watching No, see, David this. Arquette became the WCW champion. The storyline was... Uh, was was hated by fans. Uh, Arquette himself reported believed it was a bad idea. As he felt it would damage the value of the belt he held in such high regard. While in WCW, he aligned himself with DDP, despite Paige being the movie's villain. <laughs> oh, man. They they just did not give a fuck at all. <laughs> and agreed in storyline to drop the title to him. He eventually lost the title in a match involving a three-tiered cage scene in Ready to Rumble, pitting himself against Paige and Jeff Jarrett, which ended up turning when he turned on Paige and allowed Jarrett to win. So Arquette turned heel. Arquette what? later donated all the money WWE paid him to the families of deceased professional wrestlers Brian Pillman and Owen Hart. Oh, wow. Oh, oh that's interesting. Oh, and, that's kind of cool. And uh, to the family of paralyzed wrestler Darren Drozdov. Draws or wow. Uh, you know. so well, I like David Arquette a lot more now. Uh, but... I like how David Arquette gave WCW money to oh, uh, essentially WWF wrestlers. Well... Pillman wasn't WCW for a time, mm. but I think Pillman became more popular in WWF, and Owen Hart was just in WWF. So, I I, I think that's in I think that's kind of funny. And then the uh, Triple Cage was used only twice versus Slamboree 2000, David Arquette, and then it was used. Uh, a, well, actually, Chris Canyon was thrown off one, the roof of one of the cages, paralyzing him. Ah, uh. quotes. And then the other uh, Triple Cage match took place on September fourth. 2000 on an episode of WCW Monday Nitro. It was the 2000th edition of the War Games match. How do they take the War Games match and put it in a triple cage? You know, people fighting in multiple levels, I guess. I don't know. How could it be the 2000th edition? You mean the 2000 edition? Yeah, there's a typo on Wikipedia. I was going to say, how could, there, how could they have had any match 2000 times? <laughs> With WCW, I, I wouldn't doubt it. Just every week. Oh, man. The same match. Welcome to WCW Monday Night Triple Cage. <laughs> and I like how his son showed up in the in the match just randomly. To fuck him over. Like, yeah, I'm going to win the money and give it to you guys. No, fuck you, Dad. You made fun of my shitty braces. And the match actually made WCW kind of look exciting at a time when it really wasn't. 
Well, I like how they get up into the second cage and, like, all these weapons are just laying there for them to use. And then Paige pulls out a noose and tries to hang Jimmy King with it. And Tony Schiavone goes, oh, this just turned into a hardcore street fight. Because nooses are used in street fights all the time. A lynching? That's a hardcore street fight. (laughs) And everything except for the kitchen sink. Uh, that actually happened in the good housekeeping match with China and Jeff Jarrett. And it happened in... She beat him with the kitchen sink to win the Intercontinental uh, title. Yeah, and it happened in WrestleMania 12 or 13 with the Road Warriors. It was 13 because it was in Chicago and they're from Chicago. It was Chicago Street Fight. And JR goes, they have everything except for the kitchen sink. And all of a sudden, Hawker Animal busts out a kitchen sink. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that was right before I started watching, so I didn't know that. The, uh... The... The movie, and, and and then it ends with uh, King getting the belt and apparently gets a million dollars. Sinclair is... He gets stomped. I don't know if he's fired, though. Probably not. No, because he's like, he would be like, is it... But it's not story. It's story, It's the storyline and not the storyline. Yeah. It's, it's, it's where, I mean, it gets weird, blurred lines. When you, I feel like if you're going to have a movie with wrestling and behind the scenes, don't have them be the same thing. Because they're not. They're not. That's not how wrestling works. They don't go, uh, you know, they don't go backstage and really hate each other and, you know, really... Well, sometimes they do. Well, sometimes they do, but, like, like I guess Vince McMahon, like, Bret Hart thing, that kind of blurred the lines a little bit, but she fucked up, shit went down. Well, that and the curtain call with uh, Shawn Michaels and everybody, too. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. But, I mean, it's just, it's not like, you know, you don't get, like, the Funkasaurus and Tensai going backstage and dancing all over the fucking place. Because that's just their characters. They're shitty characters, but they're not going backstage and just dancing all over the fucking place. Well, how do you know? Maybe maybe they're doing uh, Rikishi's dance instruction videos and DDP's yoga and Taz's kitchen. <laughs> you never know. You never know. But, but you know what else I love? The, they just had to fit this in there. The Juggalo front row at the end of the pay-per-view. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, Juggalo, I think that was a big deal, Juggalos. Juggalos in wrestling is already a thing, but Juggalos in WCW was definitely a thing. Yeah, they actually had, um, after they got kicked out of WWF, they had ICP there, and uh, they had the the brains to, like, oh, we want a hardcore match against Mike Awesome. Okay, well, you guys are, there's going to be a boss he brings out to ring, and he's going to fight you on top of that and slam you on top of that. Do you want to rehearse it? You haven't done anything like this before, and it's dangerous. No, we don't want to rehearse it. So he takes him up top and slams one of them on top of the bus, then he just slides right off and falls down onto the bare concrete and gets all butt hurt because he got hurt for being a bitch and not rehearsing like they told him to and quit. So that was the end of uh, the Juggalos and WCW, but uh, I think uh, they were in it while the movie was being made. So they're like, okay, here's a Jekyll Brothers shirt in the audience, and then, um, you know... They turned into bitches, and that was that. That was that. Well, I like the uh, the outtakes at the end, or, oh, but, when he's uh, saying to um, Ahmed Zappa, you like Samoan butt sex? <laughs> <laughs> the end of the movie is 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 very much, you know, you're, t- you're typical of a lot of these B-movies we watch. Get in a car, <laughs> drive off, and yep. here we go again. <laughs> it, Everything's perfect, even though it's not. You know, his dad who hated wrestling with a fiery passion. Well, now that I see my son drive a motorcycle into the ring and fight people in a cop uniform, I like it. So, yeah, I'm fine with it now. Yeah, and and when they go to the convenience store at the end to beat up Ahmed Zappa's character, 
Why is Goldberg in wrestling attire? Yeah, just a just a speedo and like his his um, punching glove things and boots. You know, like why is he in wrestling attire? You know what? They they walk up they, to him in the yeah. gym and he's not in wrestling attire. They blurred the line even more. Maybe now Goldberg just is his character. This is all I wear at all times. <laughs> even Jimmy King was in his Jimmy the King outfit, but but uh, Gordy and uh, Sean, I don't think were were they in their wrestling attire. I don't think so. I think they were just in their regular clothes, and they got in their limo driven by the Nitro Girl. Right. Their Hummer limo. And Martin Landau in the back with the other Nitro Girls. <laughs> what does he say at the end? Like, oh, that's, that's America, baby. Oh, fuck, I or, don't that's remember. That's what I love about America, baby. Something like that. Yeah, I didn't write it down. Something but... along those lines. But, like, I just love it. Oh, yeah, now that we got wrestlers, let's go beat up this guy that we don't like at the convenience store. Then they throw in the shit explanation of, oh, he was mean to those kids, so we deserve it. So let's throw him through a plate glass window that could actually kill him. Uh, there, you know, on IMDb, there's a lot of people that truly, truly love this movie. Some people even going far enough to saying that this is their favorite movie of all time. Uh, I found a couple of pretty good reviews. Like, this movie is simply hilarious, especially if you know people like Sean and Gordy. I've read all these reviews, and these people act like it's supposed to be a comedy movie you're supposed to take seriously. Don't go into this movie expecting some great comedic masterpiece. It was meant to be a fun little story. Not some great movie that you will leave thinking... I'm better having seen that movie. <laughs> Don't think when you go into this movie, just relax and enjoy it for what it is. A fun little idiotic movie. And that's so, that's WCW. That's WCW in a nutshell. Don't think when you're going in to watch this. Because if you will, if you're, if you're confused why Robocop, Chucky, and ICP and the Kiss Demon are all floating around. I mean, you're not going to be able to think you know, very much because it's oh, just, man. uh, there was, um, man. well, I don't know. WWF had its share of duds too, or for a while I heard it was just doink and dink the clown running around. Oh yeah. The, in the mid nineties before they really got or, um, going, it was, was very it somebody's, much... uh, Kane debuted as Isaac Yankum. who just happened to be somebody's dentist who decided to start wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You think I'm bad? Try my dentist. It was the early to mid '90s, right, right around, right before like '96 and stuff. They really got. They had. It was just gimmicks. It was just full of cheese tastic gimmicks. Well, yeah. even later too. Like, uh, who can forget Beaver Cleavage? Well, most people can if they didn't see the one episode he was in. But they had Headbanger or, Mosh or dress GTV. Up. Oh well, that's different. That was actually you know like spying on people and revealing things that were supposed to be hitting. They just. Never revealed who it was. Personally, I always thought it was Marlena for some reason, but... I was just reading about... Pe people were talking about unfinished storylines, where, where they just drop shit off, and that was one that I always... Like, who was it? Like, who was behind... Like, they did it for a while, then they kind of let it fade out, then they just had it pop back up when Triple H and Stephanie, you know, broke up on the show, right, as they were just getting married in real life. So, uh, like, um... Oh, Stephanie had a fake guy renew your wedding vows or something, or... Something stupid like that, and they broke up because of that, because GTV revealed it to Triple H. The uh, Another review I found on here was, This movie really made me laugh. I enjoyed it a lot. David Arquette, Scott Kahn, and Oliver Platt all did great performances. I would, I never would have thought in a million years that Arquette could play, could play a young adult. <laughs> okay. But of course, he proved me wrong. I may be insane, but I actually can see Oliver Platt as a professional wrestler. No. 
Platt's wisecracks are always the best. Is that like a thing he's known? <laughs> On a serious note, it's a shame that WCW went out of business. We may never see Sting or any uh, other of the extraordinary athletes in the mainstream again. You may also watch this movie to relive old WCW glory days. But last but definitely not least, I love this movie because I get to see super the super hottie Rose McGowan as a Nitro Girl! All in caps. All you know, exclamation points. You know, one thing about that is, in Scream, David Arquette and Rose McGowan were together, and they're actually brother and sister. So if you think about it, in this movie, he ended up fucking his sister. Hmm. You know what? In the town of Lusk. Yeah, I could see that happen. Yeah, I could see it happen. It doesn't really, it doesn't really matter. Well, yeah, that was uh, Ready to Rumble. I don't know if you have anything else to say about this. Uh, this movie that I, that you know, I, I thought was this funny movie that I liked when I was younger. Well, when I was, you know, a teenager, and uh, I still haven't listened to the commentary. But one of the other things I thought was entertaining was get to meet the Nitro Girls, and they have brief it, video interviews with them. And by brief, I mean like brief for some of them. <laughs> Like, they asked him about their experience with um, the Nitro Girls and previous dancing and all that, and some of them, they just, like, cut them right off as soon as they list their qualifications. Like, oh, thanks for that. Like, oh, fuck you, you're boring, so, meh. Some of them actually have, like, something that's a little bit well, substantial. Well, Kimberly, not, she wasn't a Nitro Girl anymore at this point. She, maybe. She wasn't in the movie. I maybe not. She wasn't in the movie. They didn't have an interview with her, although they mentioned that, you know, she... Or was she a character on the show just not. I don't know. I don't think he's with her anymore. Uh, that's unfortunate. Anyways, uh, yeah, that was this was a. Uh, oh, you know what? There was uh there was a no. a music video on as an extra on the DVD. The Biff Naked. I hit the song. Biff Naked. We're not gonna take it. Music video. It's like they take some footage from the scene earlier in the movie where King loses the title, but then they they shot extra stuff with it too. Shermanators in it. And like everybody else, but like Jimmy King comes out and makes his entrance, but then like they pull it off and it was just a mask and it's like Biff naked underneath. And you get like this close up of her and she's just looking really ugly and they're doing a cover of um what you call it's um Twisted, Twisted Sister. Sisters, we're not gonna take it. And like the whole thing is just ridiculous. Uh, I'm glad you ended up finding the DVD. That's uh, absolutely hilarious. It's one of those uh always amazing snap cases. Oh yeah. That... yeah I'm sure this is snap case only. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they never made an actual one of it. But uh, yeah, ready to rumble. Uh, you know what's funny? Over the weekend, uh, we were at my girlfriend's parents' house, and I was flipping through their guide on the TV, and on like Cinemax or something, ready to rumble was coming on. Isn't that Easter Sunday? <laughs> I was like, oh, what a perfect movie on Easter Sunday, ready to rumble. So yeah, this week's movie, ready to rumble. Go check it out if you rent it from the video store. Most people remember it. Most people were. Uh, saying on Facebook and things like that, oh, this movie's had a B-movie, whatever. Uh, I think maybe we're just in our hearts and in our minds and we loved it. And um, just don't, maybe don't go revisit it and you won't, you won't have to <laughs> deal with that. It. It's not the greatest movie ever. So, yeah. It's, and, it, and it's a sign of WCW, the downfall of them. This is definitely a sign. It's definitely a sign of a last-ditch effort. It all started when they changed their logo to that stupid... Um sharp angular looking thing yeah you couldn't even tell that the w's were w's no and just the big giant c that looked like a hook and like is this a gimmick for a pay-per-view it was really weird looking symbol. like for backlash in like 2001 or 2002 wwf had like a big giant swinging hook for some reason yeah really weird really weird logo that they introduced 
I, I honestly liked the best logo, I think, was the Invasion logo when they came to WWF. Yeah. I think that was their best logo. <laughs> so I'd give it up to WWF to finally come up with a good logo for WCW. <laughs> <laughs> That's how WCW, how shitty they were. Um, while they did do some great things like NWO, they just couldn't get their uh, shit together with everything else. So, uh, next week's movie is the 1996 action science fiction film based on the Dark Horse comic series of the same name, starring the one, the only, Pamela Anderson. Pre-hepatitis. Pre-hepatitis, pre-VIP, but post or during... During. During Baywatch fame. We're talking about the 1996 movie, Barb Wire. No laws, no limits, no running back. No, no turning back. No running back. <laughs> <laughs> no laws, no limits, I, no running The text back. is so tiny on the poster and blurry that I can't read it, but it's no turning back. No, no running backs. No running backs. Only wide receivers in this movie. So apparently the film's plot is loosely based on the plot of Casablanca. I'm interested to see how that turns out. If it's based off a comic book, I don't know why they wouldn't just adapt part of the comic I literally don't know anybody else in this movie except for Udo Kier. Close enough. So next week, it's on Netflix. You can watch it on there. I'm sure it's in parts on YouTube or something like that. Very accessible this week, unlike the... Or next week, I mean. Except for this week's movie was Ready to Rumble. A little harder to find. Uh, The copy I actually watched, the sound was slightly off by like a second. Kind of annoying, but shit happens. Next week, though, barbed wire. Uh, I think possibly, if you're looking even further into the future, we might follow that up with the 2000, was it 2002? 2002 film Rollerball, mm-hmm. starring Chris Klein, LL Cool J, uh, Rebecca Romain Stamos, Jean Renault, and some uh, surprise appearances by Slipknot and Paul, and Paul Heyman. Heyman. <laughs> and, I, and I believe, because I think I remember them talking about this when it came out on WWF on Raw, Shane McMahon. I think he has a small role. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I I don't I don't honestly feel I've seen Rollerball all the way through. Yeah, I, know I don't. I, didn't. I don't think I've seen the whole movie all the way through. I've seen the original with uh, James Con. Yeah, Con's dad. Oh, connection there. But he doesn't have a small head. So uh, <laughs> his head doesn't look very small on the cover. But well, no, but they off. they've got him in the forefront. You'll notice he's ahead of. He's a head. head. <laughs> of course so, this is also you know a, a still they could have fucked with it in any number oh, of yeah, ways definitely they you know had implants and shit like that so next week barbed wire check it out uh and then tune in and listen to us next week uh next wednesday on b-movie breakdown so for b-movie breakdown i'm Corey. i'm drc i'm not much of a wwf fan these days but here's hoping this weekend wrestlemania john cena embrace the hate and embrace the shit dick. It's the best of the worst. Be movie breakdown. It's the best of the worst. Be movie breakdown.